What's up, y'all? Welcome to Two Brothers and a Shot of Milk. That's right, you heard me right. Don't adjust your volumes. I did say two brothers. We are missing, well, you probably guessed it since you're hearing my voice, one Lawrence St. Victor's out today. But we do have Richard Wilson and Christopher St. Victor. I'm Jack Walker Pearson, and we are talking TV, movies, action figures, comic books, video games, and so much more. But first, let's catch up, boys. How's your week's been? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been playing? What I've been doing is I got a dog. So my life, I have a puppy, and my life is upside down once again. So it's not that bad. Yeah, but you don't you don't have a five year old, Rich. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good. Um, so we've been doing that. I've been playing Iron Man VR on Oculus. Have you have you played it yet, Rich? Nah, I have no desire to play that. I'll be honest with it's you. It's pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a good time. And it, the storyline is decent and it's cool. So the whole premise of the game is you're pretty much Iron Man flying and you, you have to control your hands like that to, to fly and you have your repulsor blast. We got bounce out using one hand and then a blast or two hands and a blast and then keep flying in the air. It's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah, I can't do that. This hand, yeah, this yeah. hand gets but so bendy. So you know, <laughs> I'll pass on that one. Yeah, you need and like then, feet controls too. Nah, there's no feet controls in uh, Oculus. It's just all hands. That's one thing that messes me up because there'll be some certain games I'll play, like uh, Bone Labs, and you know you can walk into a mirror, and I'll be sitting there doing things with my hands. And I'll be like, I want to show my kicks off too, but uh, my legs don't move really. It's weird. Have you you seen? There is the full body suit, man. With the the one that's on the the 360 treadmill, that's pretty dope. That's dope. I'm a, I'm a mechanic pimping on a budget. What are you talking about right now? Well, yeah, right. you're right. Yeah, where would I put it? I'd have to like clear the shelf off. <laughs> you, you have to sell one comic, Jack. That's what you have to do. You sell one comic. And yeah, you got right. a, three, a 360 treadmill. <laughs> right. How about you, Rich? How's your week? Man, my week is all right. Jesus, it's like an animal out there. My roommate, ignore him. But um, you know, just chilling. Um, watching Trigun. Uh, what else? What else? What else? My Hero Academia. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I, I was watching a movie on Disney Strange Worlds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They had a big problem with that because of like homosexual content or something like that. There's a lot of homosexual it's... content going on in there. I don't really? know the right, you know, Fox News go woke, go broke. They made a whole thing and about that's it. Pretty much what it is. It was it was wild because it's like the all right, boom. So just real quick the premise on it. There was a, a great adventurer or explorer, right? Macho, masculine guy, beard, or actually he had like a handlebar mustache, whatever, whatever, buff, da da da. Had a son who wasn't so much into it. But he kind of just went along because his father kind of pushed him into it. The father pretty much disappeared or went off on his own. The son grows up, uh, discovers this great new thing that reinvents the whole world, right? Gets married, interracial marriage, right? Has a son, gay. He's like, he's like, you know, cool with it, no problem. Um, the thing that got me, the father, the, the father, which was who was so like macho, was like really just like accepting the fact that his grandson is gay. Right. And black i'm like <laughs> in the reality of it all i'm like man, i don't know if it would be all up into everything maybe to have black part cool but like oh wait you're in the guys too you're oh. checking off all the boxes just all of it just all right cool you got uh you got all the struggles going on there but um 
it was it was interesting. It was I guess you know it was entertaining. So you had three generations of the family in there. It was three generations in there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Hmm. And then and then and then I mean not it's not gonna spoil too much. But the 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 son, not the not the grandson, but the son, he ended up not wanting to be an adventurer, and he ended up being a farmer. Like took to it like really great. Um, and you know I had a farm, and then also you know like he was really good with it. And then he when when the when the grandfather came, his father came back. His his son wanted like it was just like saw him in, in his eyes like oh my grand my great my great adventurer grandfather right he just like was taken to it like he wanted to be an adventurer now and the, the son was like fighting that like no you're a farmer he was like I don't want to be a farmer dad and you know <laughs> it was it was crazy well that's probably why the grandfather liked the grandson they they were kindred spirits I think that could have been it I mean he had a he had a statue of him up in town. So that was one thing, but the son never talked about the grandfather because you know he didn't want to. He didn't. He didn't like the adventure part. But anyway. Oh, and also another weird part: the the mother remarried, and he took to that really well. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute now. It was wild. But um, what else? That was it. Oh, oh, started playing a new game, Monster Hunter Rising or Rise. Oh. Anyway, pretty dope. It's not, it's free on Game Pass. Um, if y'all into Monster Hunter. It's uh, it's pretty. So far, it's pretty good. I'm going good introductory part of it right now because there's new mechanics they added to it. Um, you're more like a, a ninja shinobi. It's still the same weapon, same uh, same weapon mechanics, but there's like a few new things where you can kind of like bind them with like this string, light string thing, kind of like zip around, like almost like a Spider-Man type of thing. Um, you know, ninja running. You got an animal dog companion that you could jump on the back of and ride around with. It's pretty dope. So yeah. Hmm. Going to get into that, and it's going to consume a little bit of my life until I get to a certain point where I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. And then my brother would be like, you don't play the game anymore, bro. Like, I don't care. I played enough. That's it. That's my week. How's your week, Jack? Um. Well, I've been I've been gaming too, right. uh, in addition to obviously working. But uh, Elden Ring, I'm strong now. Yeah. There you I'm go. Strong. So. I finally got strong enough where I could go to a section of the game where I could just walk out like Superman out of the Fortress of Solitude in the first movie with Christopher Reeve. Now I'm just like haphazardly swinging my blade. and just really waste. The game is still challenging. I mean, this is a game that never gets easy. Just it doesn't exist in this game. You can still die on like level one bad guys if you're not paying attention. But I'm buff, so I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> um I watched the menu this week. How was oh, that? Was that good? You know Saw that last week. I forgot to tell you, say that. But yeah, keep going. I enjoyed it. Did you like it? Yeah. I thought it was all right. It was it was interesting. I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Once you get past the, once you agree that somehow it's okay that no one's really actively trying to get out of the situation they're in, which yeah. is kind of a big leap there but once you agree to that one you're like okay they all kind of understand what's going on and they're not trying to stop it um which is kind of a big one after that the movie's pretty pretty great i thought like uh and what the girl ends up figuring out no spoilers i thought that was smart i thought it was enjoyable yeah i I, I like anya taylor joy i like the girl she was great in queen's gambit i like her as an actress yeah, and she's she's got an interesting thing about her. She's a little uh, asymmetrical, you know. She's a little askew. 
she has there's a thing about her face it's like an actual medical term for it because her eyes are so far apart yeah there's actually there's actually a name for that and most people that have it they kind of look like weirdly beautiful and like handsome that's what yeah i mean she's captivating on camera that's for sure and her performance is great and ray fines was great i mean the whole thing was 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 it can, can I derail for a second? Rich, do you remember that derail. The shark girl, derail? Do you remember the shark girl meme that was on the internet a couple years ago? A couple years shark ago? Girl. No, which one was that? Jack, do you remember it? Oh, I have to share it. So there's a meme of it was a girl whose eyes are really far apart. And they call her shark girl because they said she looked like a tiger shark. Uh, no, a hammerhead shark. Okay. Because her eyes are so far apart. And she was all over the internet for for you know, she's one of them, just a meme girl, you know, she was everywhere. Shark girl meme. I gotta Google it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen. Chris, let me ask you real quick. Go ahead, Rich. Ask me a question. If Caitlyn Jenner became a superhero, would she be an X-Man or a Transformer? Huh? The world wants to know. Rich, that's the funniest joke we've ever had. The world wants to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Oh my god! Wow. Not that anything wrong with it. It's just funny. <laughs> the tears. You see it. The tears, Jack. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, oh. considering how Chris responded to Lawrence's joke last week. Now, for those of you listening, uh, Rich was a little weary going into. Uh, telling this joke we didn't know what he was going to ask and now that we heard it i'm curious as to know what your your backup solution was in case that one didn't make the cut oh the backup okay okay (sighs) okay what do you call a league chris i'm sorry chris what do you call a league with only two superheroes in it what do you call a league with two superheroes rich the just us league (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's not bad. And for those of you listening, if Rich's both his jokes had bombed, I actually prepared a third one just in case. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hit Rich with it, Jack. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rich. What's up? Do you know when Shang Chi answers the phone? When does Shang Chi answer the phone? After ten rings. That would have been a Lawrence joke. That would have been been a Lawrence Lawrence joke. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not that we needed the other two jokes, but anyways, let's redeem this segment by pushing... This this segment did fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. In any case, let's take a ride at the light, go down the block, and we'll find ourselves at... The Collector's Corner. That's right. It's show and tell time. Here at The Collector's Corner, we take toys off our shelves, comic books off our bookcases, things out of the vault, you know, whatever the thing is that we do when we show and tell the things that we have, whatever the case is. (laughs) Lawrence, where are you, man? Anyways, what do you guys got? So I have my most obscure... McFarlane figure. That's my most obscure DC McFarlane figure. Ugh, McFarlane figure. Who does that look like to you? To you guys? 
Batman Beyond. You can see it with the glare. Yeah, Batman Beyond maybe with a with a blue. Right, symbol? Rich. Okay. But it's not. All right. It's Ink as what Batman the Beyond. That was Ink. So Ink was one of the Ink was one of the villains in the Batman Beyond series. Okay. So she was the one that was kind of like more similar to I guess you could compare her to Clayface a little bit, where she can she, she can she can change shape, and she was kind of like a. Oh, it was uh, like her power was like tattoos, maybe. No, 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 no. no? She was a shapeshifter. She was a shapeshifter, and she was kind okay. of liquid. She was very. She was. She was pretty much like a Clayface ripoff. All right. So in mm. one episode, in one scene, she she pretends to be Batman Beyond, where she lured. I think she lured actually Bruce out of out of the cave to try and save Terry. And she shows up as Batman Beyond. So from the one from that one scene, one episode, they made a figure of it. So mm. it's just Batman Beyond. The face is slightly different. The logos are purple, and that's it. It's ma- male or female body. It's a male body still, but the the face is slightly structured different, and the logos are purple here. I think you can see it better. Yeah. Now that I'm looking, like I don't remember Batman Beyond all too much, but from what I've seen, I, I remember this character. Yeah. Yeah. She was cool. But um, yeah, it's just an obscure. It's one of my most obscure figures because it's just weird. You think it's Batman Beyond, but it's not. And it, that's the reason why I haven't opened it because if I open it, I'm gonna forget who it's supposed to be, and then there's no right. reference of what it should be. Except so it's for it's kinda, Batman, it's Blue Batman, so you know yeah, it's, it's Blue him. Batman. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's cool. Well, you know, McFarlane's been doing stuff like that. Like I got the. Did I show you guys this? The the Eradicator. No, but that's fire. No, so, so well, I, got I mean, the... you if you watch our YouTube, yeah, that's right. I, d- I did, a, I did an unboxing of this guy, but but I was I was like McFarlane be doing stuff like this. It's like why they give them that they opted to make instead of the Eradicator from the Death and Return storyline, they made the Eradicator from an alternate universe where he's got you know gloss black skin. Well, I don't have any problem with him being black, but it's mean, just like, why did you make this choice, McFarlane? Because, you know why they made that choice? Because you really want the Eradicator from the death, so you're gonna buy that one like you did, and then they're gonna release the Eradicator with a different with a different head sculpt, and you're gonna buy the other Eradicator. Yeah. But this is why my show and tell item is actually this Batman figure, not the Eradicator figure, because McFarlane does that. They they do a lot of multiverse figures. I'll say. Right, they're like that's cool, but me personally, I'm a super traditionalist. I like Superman in bright colors. Yep. Yeah. Um, looking real traditional, and I don't mind having just a, a stack of that. So I was looking at that Superman, that one back there. That's a the DC comic icons Superman, and it was so good. I was like, why well, I don't have a Batman that pairs with him because. He's a six-inch figure, and I've got all these McFarlands now. I'm actually a six-inch figure fan. And then I saw this guy. This is Batman from the DC comic Icons series. He's in a funny stance because I got them all like posed up like this. Yeah. Um, but he he is comic accurate. He he yeah. looks like Batman from Hush. He's got a pouchy belt. He's super uh, streamlined. Lawrence, Lawrence you know how Lawrence feels about them pouchy belts. I know. And you know how you rate your toys, uh, Chris. Sometimes these McFarlane figures don't really have any accessories. Yep. This guy comes with three sets of hands, two batarangs, and a hand that's shooting a grappling hook that's got a nylon 
thing that and a grapple on the cool. end of it. That's and so. Cool. Yeah, and I don't know a McFarlane that has this color palette. Does it just he yeah. doesn't doesn't really exist? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, hold on, I challenge that one, Jack. Ooh, here comes Chris to the McFarlane rescue. Got digging on the shelves. There he goes. What? I forgot which one this was from, but yeah, but but is that McFarlane? Yep, mm-hmm. that looks like this. Just this actually just came out. I got this for Christmas actually. Huh. It's very comic booky, but I mean, check that. This guy is straight hush, man. This look like he Jim is straight Lee hush with the, the even the, the insignia. Pal- the, the palette is similar though. It's similar. Yours is a little more. The blue's a little brighter on yours. Yeah, yeah. it's a little ca- a little more cartoony. Where this guy just, I mean, if you're a Batman fan, I, you got to get this one. This is yeah, that's this dope. Who it. makes that? It's DC Comics Icons. Icons. Cool. Hmm. Um, they do six inch figures, not the seven inch, which I like that scale better. If I'm being honest, and the quality is just—they're so mobile. They have no problem standing up on their own, and they're. They're comic accurate renders if you want something that looks like the character from the page instead of like a multiverse version of it. That's a good point, Jake. Sometimes the the being able to stand up is a huge factor. I'd rather give up points of articulation for a figure that can stand up on its own without me worrying about it. These guys have all the points. They don't necessarily... What they lack is the toe point, but they actually swivel at the calf. So Hmm. the problem with the toe point... And then the ankle is a lot of times it makes the ankle joint too weak or the weak. foot too weak. And then the figure, if you're not using the stand, the figure will fall over because yep. there's too much articulation. Too much articulation. All right. All right, Rich, what do you got, man? Mine's a little disappointing. I saw this bad boy in the store while picking up a couple things in Target. Okay. And um, it is a mobile suit because I like my little my little desktopers, right? Yeah. It's a mobile suit little little guy, right? And I thought it was going to be, if y'all can see the ones over here, right? Yep. Shine some light on them. These guys, you know, pretty much you put the arms and everything together, but they're pretty simple. They, they, they get a little stand on them, whatever, and that's it. I got this guy, and it was, I opened up the box, and it was different. It had, like, actual joints that you can put together for the oh. arms and the legs and everything. Um, everything was going all right. Um, I got, I got, you know, some of the legs together. I got, you know, I got the arm put together. I got both of the arms put together. Right? right. And then I'm looking for the hip piece. I'm missing a joint for the hip piece. I'm missing a joint for the head Ugh. and the, the arms. And I realized, cause this one is all the, the arm and, um, leg joints and two extra hands. I'm like, why do I have an extra one of these? I'm like, it was a packing error. So now I have just pieces of unassembled gundam. Just that's it. That's what I got. Can you can you uh, take that back in? I don't know. I got I got the receipt, so I got I gotta see. Here's you. Do, you go to Target, you buy another one, and then you repack your old one and return the new one, and then you're good. You could probably just take that one back and return it. <laughs> good, but it's more fun to do a shist. <laughs> so, my man, he's supposed to be this guy right here, number three. And yeah, uh, yeah, I did a classic Gundam, and you know, I got him. But you know, I, I'm I'm just missing the main parts of it to put them all together. That's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I'm just about, 
It's annoying. I've been but thinking nope. about getting a, a seven inch figure of that guy. Rich is showing us the one that has the blue torso and he's got the big red shield for you yeah. uh, Gundam fans out there. Very, very disappointing. But that would have been that would have been my thing. And you know, there it is. Like I got here, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I put it together before the show. I was like, I'm a this gonna be my show and tell. It's gonna be my my collector's corner. And I so I got to the end of I'm like, no. No, it's not. And I'm like, no, it is going to be my collector's corner. I'm not going to be a quitter, even though I've been I've been robbed. Well, that's a bummer. But maybe to brighten things up a bit, you'd like to tell us a little bit about some anime you've been watching. It's time for Anime Alley with Richard Wilson. Yo, check it out! I came across this anime and pleasantly surprised. The animation may throw you off a bit. Um, Because it's more, um, I guess, kiddish in a way, but ranking of kings. Let me tell you about our man, Boji. Yeah, Boji. Okay, so Boji is the son, the firstborn son of a giant king. Okay? Check it out. It's called the the ranking of kings? Ranking of kings. Okay. Okay. So Boji's a young prince. He's deaf, he's mute, um, and he's weak. He is the son of a giant king and a giant prince uh, or queen, but he's small. In fact, he's smaller than most boys. So everyone thought that he was just, you know, stupid kid, whatever, whatever. He goes around with a smile on his face. He does, you know, just in his own little world because he can't hear anything. He can't talk. He just blah, 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 blah. Literally, I'm not making fun of anything. That's how he talks. Um, He comes across a shadow, like a shadow, uh, a shadow, what the, what do they call them? They, what happened? What just? I'm trying to oh. show what you have in your anime alley. Oh, yeah, there it is. Little, try to give them a little bit more so they can see what you're what you're describing, Rich. They're, the ranking of kings. So this little guy right here, the little shadow guy, he's like he was he's the last of his kind as of right now, and he's um they, they're they're known for being like assassins and they take the dirty jobs. They can obviously hide in the shadows and whatnot. They can hide things within their bodies. He can talk to Boji and understand him. Everyone learns sign language to, to communicate with him better, but he, this guy can somehow, with telepathy, I guess, he can communicate with him. He understands what he says through his mutterings, and he he kind of like translates for other for everyone else. So Boji again has no strength. He's the strongest king giant in the world, the strongest king arguably in the world, and his firstborn son is weak, or so we think. Not to give away too much, but Boji has a very um, complex and and something at times heartbreaking upbringing, and his his adventure up to where he is now. I'm on episode I think like 22, and let you know, don't let the animation fool you, and the cartoon the, the drawing style. People die in this, all right. There are consequences in this world. People die. There's been betrayals. The uh, Again, y'all gonna have to watch this. It is just so like I'm really enjoying it. Like I thought when I first saw it, I saw like a, a quick clip of it somewhere. I'm like, let me see what this is about. I had it, I had it saved on my list, and I started playing. I'm like, yo, this is really good. Yes, the so, ranking of kings. Now, ranking, is this? Uh, you said you're on episode twenty something. Like twenty something. Yeah. How long are the episodes? They're like what 20, 24 minutes, Those maybe a half hour, half hour episodes with card with commercials. Yeah, commercials. yeah. shoot. And so, it, it's it's pretty dope. 
so how rich is it? Because I'm seeing what Crunchyroll is rating it. What uh-huh. I don't trust Crunchyroll. The only one, the one person I trust is our man Rich. So Rich, how rich is it? I didn't even see the ranking of Crunchyroll, but I would give it a good eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah, they're giving it a four point nine wow. out of five. So it's got yeah. it's well reviewed. Yeah, it's 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 a it's, it's a good movie and some heart and some heartbreaking stuff in there. Like again, this guy. Has been through some stuff. He's for a, for a young kid. He's been through some stuff. Y'all just need to watch it to find out. It looks the animation style almost looks like uh, uh, oh, what's the name of that thing? It's not Ghibli esque, but it's very uh, almost kids kids it, Winnie the Pooh cartoon yeah, style. I see a little spirited away in there. It does, yeah, have. a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that yeah. in there. But uh, right. yeah, but yeah, get into that, man. If you can, if you have the time, get into it. It's pretty good. All right. Well, I think it's time for some news. Thank you, thank you, Jack. So this is Chris's time to shine because I got some news for you guys. I got some. I got a little bit of a uh, controversial news for us here. Oh boy. Um, I'm gonna start with some controversial news because. Now, Rich, I know you're a big Rick and Morty fan. What yeah. about you, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I don't watch it religiously, but I love me some Pickle Rick. Well, you might as well start watching because <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure how much time we're going to have with it or if it's going to be in the same configuration because showrunner and voice of Rick San- Sanchez, Justin Roiland, is in a little bit of a scandal. No, not another. DMs to an underage girl or girls. Oh. Girl. Yeah, it's bad. So, I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah, on Reddit, they actually released alleged screenshots of the conversation. So mm. now we don't know what's going to happen. That you know, they're talking about. Um, there's a bunch of articles that just came out actually a little while before we start recording, which we're recording on Sunday, is how they're going to move forward with the show if he's removed from the show. And who's going to voice Rick Sanchez? Well, how could he not be removed? What? Well, what are the to- legal? Well, you have to be found guilty first. You can't just ah. Okay, you know, so it's is, uh, it's all hair hearsay at this point. It is, but I read some of those. It, the ones that were posted weren't explicit, but they were creepy, creepy enough to be. There's no reason why you should be texting a high school girl. There's a grown man. Yeah. Does he know that? Did he know she was a high school girl? Oh, he knew. Of well, he of course he did. Yeah. Well, so, what was wrong? Especially in today's yeah. today's more, it was never. Well, well, let me clarify that it was one. It was never okay in any climate, whether it was cavemen making carvings on rocks, y'all. It just wasn't okay. But in today's market, where there's such a paper trail and everything is right in your face, what 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 are, what are people expecting? I mean, we literally saw when uh, James Gunn lost his job for a month. When stuff he'd done ten years earlier, they found not funny, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, but this, but this is like, come on, man. What you, what you check think Reddit? Like? The smoking gun is on That's Reddit, well. and it seems pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's, I didn't even think that. I thought you were gonna go with because he's also in and got some issues with um domestic violence charges. No, oh, he just keep the hits keep coming. Yeah, man. That's what I thought you were going with that one. I was like, wait a minute. Segue for domestic violence, but yeah, he's a. 
and then I was reading an article about someone who was close to him, and they said that they're surprised things like this didn't come out five years sooner. So a lot of times when people engage in this kind of behavior, it's not it's never a one time thing. Yeah, but do you hear what you just said? That means someone else has actually been complicit to the fact that he's been hitting on underage girls for at least half a decade. That's a good mm. point. That's a good point, Jack. That's a good point. Let's keep this moving. Yep. In other news. Good news. Well, good little bit of bittersweet news. We're getting, obviously, we know about season two of Invincible. A couple of new stills came out, but it looks like we're not getting it until the end of this year so, so it's, but it's still the, gonna happen this year yeah it's still uh, allegedly i can't i can't allegedly. promise but is that why they dropped that cartoon that's exactly why they dropped it because right. it's kind of a teaser and it's delayed but it's two years since we get the first it'll be two years since we get the first season of probably one of the best sh- cartoons that's been out in i don't know ever yeah, yeah it's awesome Easily. so i mean i've watched through it twice i don't know jack i know you've watched through it multiple times yeah, I've watched through it twice, and then I've watched clips. Like how many times I've seen the end of the season with him and his dad, and it hits just as hard as it hits in the comics, if not harder. Like they the the performance and the humanity, and it's invincible. Anyone who still hasn't seen the Invincible cartoon, and you're listening to this podcast, I don't believe that. Yeah, Invincible is everything right about comic books. In cartoon form, it, and it's phenomenal. So the biggest thing I say this whole time, the biggest thing I have is obviously story and animation. Yeah. If if I don't have one or the other, it's very very hard for me. That's probably why I have such a hard time with anime because it's not my style, my my art style of preference. So I have a hard time getting into it because I can't really engage with the art. Okay. I, I just know that's what kind of that? that's some of my issues with anime is I, I just don't dig the art, and that's what get that's what gets me. But I love the way Invincible well, I like was, most about it. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, it's preference. It, it, you can't, it's literally what it is, anime. Yeah. Right. But, you, but it's preference, though, right? So it's just not mine. But Invincible, I love the art in the in the book. The same thing goes for comics. And the cartoon is literally like the comic book frames, the panels just came to yeah. life. And it's just so great. And I love it. And waiting with bated breath for, for season two. Yeah. So next piece of news. Have you guys seen Netflix is doing something big for us 80s and 90s kids? 30th anniversary Power Rangers special. Yeah. Oh, is this what we're seeing pictures of? Every, all, all these old guys in costumes yes. looking? Yeah, so there's a picture. Oh, so I follow Billy Yost and <laughs> Walter Jones on Instagram. He's been posting a ton of pictures. But somebody was mysteriously absent from that. So, well. no, no, not, 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 not him. I'm sorry, Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, well, I knew he was going with that. Wow, no, no, Jack. No, no, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. So no, it's not a mystery. She, yeah, no, no. She said she was also Amy Jo Johnson, who was a Pink Ranger. She said yeah. she was offered the role, but she didn't say no. She just didn't say yes because she felt like the package wasn't right. Come up, come up jo- off that bag, baby. Well, it's Is done. I'm thinking Amy Jo Johnson. No one's really knocking on the door for for you. Just take the just give us what give us what we want, Amy. Just be in Power Rangers. And Austin St. John, I don't know what happened with him, but he lives actually the next town from me, and he's in trouble for tax evasion. So he probably should take it any offer that he should take it any offer that, that, that they had given him. Maybe that's why they didn't offer it to him. <laughs> tax evasion. We can't have that on us. 
Maybe, maybe. Uh, next in the news, Mark Hamill may be retired, most likely be retired from Joker. Yeah. From doing the Joker voice. Following the death of Kevin Conroy, he's saying that whenever he would take, after the series ended, so Mark Hamill's been very vocal about how doing the Joker voice was actually painful for him to, mm. to, to do the voice. And he, he said that towards the end, to the last couple of projects, he wouldn't engage on a Joker project unless Kevin Conroy was attached. That would be his question. Is Kevin included? Because they Kevin play Batman. off each other. Right, right. Mm. So now with Kevin Conroy being passed away, we might not have, we might have lost the Joker as well. And now, when he said it yeah. was painful, it was like emotionally painful or no, physically painful, physically oh, painful voice. to do the Joker uh, voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, when he reprised his role in a what was the R-rated um, Batman movie? That, oh, uh, the one where they kill Red Hood, uh, where they kill Robin. Um, was I don't know if it was Death of the uh, Death of the Family, but it was one. It was one. Of the, it was one of the last roles that he actually voiced Joker in. And he was actually, it was really, really difficult. He remember watching that video. He said it was really, really difficult for him to, to do it. And uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why he did it was because Kevin Conroy was attached to it. And uh, now Kevin got, we might not have any more Mark Hamill Joker. Well, yeah, I've read that article too, or that that quote of his. Um, and it, that, that didn't even sound ambiguous. It sounded pretty significant. Because right. what I had read was in quotes is he said, anytime he was Asked to reprise the role of the Joker, he had one question. The question was, is Kevin playing Batman? And if the answer was yes, he'd say yes. And that's what he went on record saying. So now that answer will always be no because we lost Kevin. Um, so it seems like that's that's pretty clear how that unfolds. Yeah. On other news. Uh, so the last piece of news I have for you guys is... Uh, George R. R. Martin may be coming out. They they have they have this, they bought the screen rights to make his story Hunter's Run. Um, there's a sci-fi novel that he co-authored in 2007, and there it's going to get a film adaptation by uh, courtesy of Exile Content Studio. Variety reported. So huh. I don't know. I've never. So this is pretty much sci-fi. I've never read any of his. No, I've never read any of his stuff. But obviously, we're a Game of Thrones fan, House of Dragon fan. I'm curious to see if the same kind of storytelling and world building can translate into a different type of universe. What was it called again? The Hunter's Run? Uh, Hunter's Run. Hmm. This is futuristic? I assume so. Sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. It has no pictures in it, so I'm not reading it, Jack. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) On that note. And that's it for me. Well, then I think it's time for debate, gentlemen. Let's get ready to go. All right. Well, we've been seeing a lot of video games turn into TV shows lately. I want to know if you could do the opposite, turn a TV show into a video game, what show would you adapt and what style of game would it be? But you can't pick anything that has ever been turned into a game before. It, what, what if it's a crappy mobile game, Jack? Mm. Well, I'll take it. Okay. Are um, you turning a TV show into a crappy mobile game? No, no, I don't know. I'm saying if it's been game? turned into a game, but the game was a crappy mobile game, does that count? Uh, well, it, it's not really true to the content. Well, the court will hear your argument if that's okay. the case. Fair enough. Mm. 
Mm. Fair enough. So, my game, yeah, the show I've been watching that I'm surprised they haven't made a video game of it already is Last of Us. I really would love to see that made into a video game. I'm you're trolling. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just okay. Playing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no. What I would like, you know, what I would like to see is this is completely unrelated to the news is a a Rick and Morty game, open world, kind of cyberpunk. Because look, if you watch Rick and Morty, Rick Sanchez is the most powerful being in the universe because he could take anything and turn it into pretty much anything. So I would like to take the components of Fallout 4 where you're gathering stuff, you're building stuff, and you're going after the Intergalactic Federation or the Federation of Ricks or something like that. And, um, you know, your family's been kidnapped and it's just you and maybe, you you know, at one point you saved Morty. But open world, um, gathering, building, and then you're just leveling up and just building different components and stuff like that, which I think would be awesome. There's not a Rick and Morty video game? No, they have crappy mobile games, but not a real Rick yeah. and Morty video game. I find yeah, that hard to believe. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, it's probably just a mobile game. I don't think there's an actual like game on PC or, or console. It's funny. Some cartoons don't translate to video game really well. You remember that there was a Beavis and Butthead video game. Did you guys ever play that? It was no. Beavis and Butthead. What were you expecting out of that? Well, then that's what you got. <laughs> But see, Rick and Morty can work because Rick takes things, builds things. How many episodes have we seen where he's taken seemingly garbage and built a either a new portal gun or he, and then he's almost like Inspector Gadget in some episodes where he had where his arm opens up, he has lasers in his arms. So you can make a Fallout Fallout Four type game, kind of Fallout Four meets uh, what's the one with Keanu that that you play Rich all the time? Cyberpunk. Yes, Cyberpunk. Yes, yes. Where you can mod yourself. Yes. And what what's the animation style? I was I would want it to be faithful to the cartoon. I'd okay. be cartoony, but it would be not eight bit cartoony, but cartoony. It would look like almost cell animated. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Lawrence real quick, and I'm gonna say, flag on the play. What's There's a PS4, right? PlayStation VR game, Rick, Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, he. No, I'm gonna push back on you that because oh, yeah. a lot of times when we get a VR game, the VR uh-huh. game is a, it's it's almost equivalent to a mobile game, whether it's so watered down and you have such a small component of playability that it almost doesn't count as the same type of game as it does if it was on a full full console game. Jack, well, let me hear your ruling on it. Wait, Rich, are you ruling him? No, I'm gonna rule him. No. I want to know what's his backup. My my question is that. Did you come with the contingency? I mean, look, I thought about this. I'm like thinking, what what shows am I watching that I'd want to play? It wouldn't be Young Justice because we would just get another Gotham Knights boring beat-up game. And we have that essentially already. Right, right. You know, the uh, like R-rated The Boys could be kind of cool. That could be cool. You know, and but you know, if you do that, you kind of make you have to keep it. It has to come from the writers of the boys because I don't want to fall into the trap of Velma where it feels like it's being gross out for being gross out. The boys show never feels like that, so the video game should never feel like that. But you can go, the boys would be awesome. You're taking down Vaught and stuff like that. That'd be dope. 
And in what style? It would have to be open world, um, similar to Gotham Knights, but it would need to have more variety and not just annoying, just beat em up style. It need to have some strategy. More like the older Arkham Knight games where you, you had to mm-hmm. actually have to do stuff. So you'd have to, you know, do stuff to take down Vaught, do some so- stealth missions, as opposed to just beating up, you know, groups of random thugs all the time. And who, uh, what character would you be? Who would you be you would in be, this? You would be, you'd be any of the boys. It would be selectable from the boys. So, but you'd be one of the boys. You'd be one of the boys. You could be Kamiko. You could be Butcher. Be you know MM. You could be any of those guys. Hmm. Well. This sounds like an acceptable uh, compromise. We'll take the boys because Rick and Morty does appear to already be a video game, albeit not a good one. But my list of TV shows turned bad video games is colossal. Of course. So let's go with the boys. There is no boys video game. And you know what? I would probably buy that. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know Gotham Knights is free on Game Pass. I'm probably still not going to play. It's of course it's free. You know why it's free? Because I freaking bought it. That's why it's free. (laughs) Damn it! And 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 I regret buying it. (laughs) It's the worst part. It's free, and I bought it, and I regret it. Damn it, man! All right, all right. So, question, question. Yeah. Does it have to be a TV show? Yes, Yes. but I'll I'll hear your arguments. Okay. What are you trying to do? A movie? Movie last night. Um, you talked about it, Jack, and I, it's been on my list for a minute. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, so good. Yeah. Bro. So this will be like an MMO, right? Pick a character because I don't know if Chris ever saw it. This movie pretty much. He was medium on it. Uh, Really? Yeah. Yeah. I felt, you know, I'm going to give it another shot. I, I felt I had really, really high expectations. Uh-huh. And the first, like. 45 minutes. I felt, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't think it was as what it was hyped up to be. But maybe I need to give it another shot. I, I didn't mean, finish it. It, 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 was, it was at the beginning, it was a bit of a slow burn, mm. I would say. But once it picked up, it picked up. And, and the, the concept of it, I love the concept of the fact that you're in, I mean, not to spoil anything, but I'm about to spoil a little bit. The fact that you can go into different dimensions and multiverses or whatever universes, but it's your consciousness. It's not like your body. It's not another. It's not you don't see like the physical you, you experienced the you. Right. And that's dope. I'm just like and, and then the fact that like her like her her whole thing like she was splintering and like all of her consciousness were kind of like bleeding out into each other. And they're all kind of like experiencing the same thing at once. That was dope to me. I like I I, I was I was digging that. And- um and then you know she got the abilities she was able to get all the abilities of those uh, other selves those other Evelyns the one gently the one gently it, it is what it is bro except no one had to die well all the time you know they didn't have to die well but, um, but yeah, that, 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 uh-huh. yeah I'm sorry that would be a pretty dope video game but it does not meet the criteria. Yeah, I just hate you, that's bombs. You chat, you fly on the play. Sorry, man, I don't make the rules. Well, actually, I maybe did make the rules for this. Maybe did make the rules. Okay, whatever. Let me see something real quick. Let me let me pull this out 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 my ass real quick. Wow, like I do. All right, check it out. Check it out. Uh, Can it be an anime? It's TV show. Yeah, as long as it's not been a video game. (laughs) 
I got my Google ready, Rich. Go ahead. Oh, get your Google ready. Get your Google at all. Oh, what's happening to my Crunchy? Oh, Crunchy Roll. Why are you playing me right now, son? This is Ugh. this is thrilling right here, ladies. I'm really gentlemen. looking for anything right now because out of the hat. That was really all right. Like, I, t- I tell that you was what. dope. In fact, you know what? How about Chainsaw Man? Chainsaw Man will be a dope show. Oh, dope a video game. All right, I'll take it. Chainsaw Man. Yeah, it doesn't have a video fresh. game. It's fresh. And uh, what style? Um, we can nice. we can still do an open world. Um, probably do MMO because a lot of a lot of these video games tend to go like a uh, fighter, like because they got My Hero Academia as a fighter. Um, you have yeah. Dragon Ball Z, which is also a fighter, but they kind of add a little story element to it. That that is actually a new. It's actually a new um kind of like a. It's like a survival where you you team up like uh, like four or five guys and it's kind of like stay away from the serial killer thing. I forgot the name of the last Dead by Daylight. I think it was. You oh, kind of stay away yeah. from the you team up to stay away from the serial killer. Besides, the serial killer is uh, one of the big bads from Dragon Ball Z. But anyway, so yeah, so I would say you'd be Chainsaw Man, multi uh, MMO. Uh, you could either be on the side of the whatever the the uh, the yakuza the yakuza boys on the bad guy side, or you could be part of the agency, going out there killing demons um, and whatnot, blah blah blah. Or you can be against the agency, you know, stack up contracts with demons to go against to fight against them, and you know, just going out to the world and doing your thing. Let me ask you, Rich, in your game, Mythic Record game, is there a campaign or is it just strictly MMO? So I just I wanna... so clearly you never played MMOs. I have, and I despise them. They're, no, they're, I take they're... that back. When it's good, it's good. Uh, but then sometimes you don't get the right crew. There are people. Sometimes I just wanted to be just me by myself. So I'm asking: Is there a campaign so I can play offline by myself in your game? No, because it's an MMO. It's an online MMO. That worked well for Fallout 76, didn't it? Actually, go back and play Fallout 76. It's actually pretty good. Is it though? Right. I mean, Is listen, it, it took it took a couple years and some updates, but that's that's the latest of video games now. You're not getting a complete game on a release, no matter what it is, whether it be a single player MMO, like period. All right. All right. So yeah, no, go back and play Fallout. It's, uh, it's pretty I nice. have it. I'll go back and check it out. I'll try it. Get them up. You're gonna be a lot of updates, but it, it's it's worth it a little bit. Yeah. What do you got, Jeff? All right. I would have uh, honorable mention Pinky Blinders in uh, Rockstar style like GTA or Red Dead. Okay. Pinky Blinders? Yeah, I can see yeah. a period piece like Pinky that. Pinky and Blinders. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. Peak, peak. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. So it would, be, it would have a dated vibe, but it'd be open world and you'd, just, you'd be the main character running around doing horrible things. Blades um, blades in your hat. Exactly. But the thing, if I could only pick one, I would take Invincible. And I would have Insomniac Games do me an Invincible series similar to the Spider-Man open world kind of GTA style. That'd be dope. It would be who, dope. Who would you be? Obviously Mark. Mark, yeah. yeah. Obviously Mark. Okay. Yeah, it'd be Spider-Man style, but you could, but you know how even in the Invincible comics, he goes to the tailor to get his suit made. I think you could go get your suit made, 
And if they had enough bandwidth for the game, you could do like you could play as Omni Man in the beginning where he takes out the whole league. You know, you could yeah. jump around to be some of the different characters for some of the different moments. That's kind of that'd be dope. Okay. And then as you grow, and you you kind of be like your the game you're playing now. You grow, you level up, you learn, you, have to. you get stronger. Exactly, because he's it, literally what we're what the content is is a freshly minted superhero learning his powers. So even how he flies would get better over time. You said it's going to be a, a single player, or you know, yeah. All right, all right. Just I mean, you can always add. You can always add on online content. Let's not do. That. Well, I think you could do like like open battle stuff. Some games have that where like maybe you want to. Nah, I mean that would be like Street Fighter style if you just had the characters. Wait. Or oh, you can add an invasion feature where ever so often, like you progress so much into the game, someone you get that's a multiplayer feature where someone can play a villain, enter your world, kind of create some chaos for you. That's that is so effed up because they do that in the Elden Ring game, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's beyond frustrating. Which which monster game that came out a couple years ago where you could be the monster hunting group or the actual monster itself? Oh yeah. Oh, primal prime, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Hmm. Something like that would be cool. Or you fight like a kaiju. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what though? Like if you were to have uh like an like a like a like a you not a co op but just a. A multiplayer version, like an online version, where you it's like you have Call of Duty where you fight, but instead of guns, you just fight with like your superpowers. So you fly, you punch things. I don't know if, of any game that has that component where you're fighting, but not with guns, but just with powers, which would be kind of cool. Well, the uh, maybe the DC Universe game, but that game never, I don't know, it was, yeah. You talk, you talk about the MMO, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could still punch. But I mean, it was pretty much just powers. You create your superhero and run around. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, good. Uh, good backups for everyone. <laughs> Though our front runners seem to be questionable. But I think it's time to get to the reason why we're here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the main event. Today we are talking about made up imaginary facts (laughs) what i want to know is which ones are important and why i mean some of these characters some of our favorite characters have been around for uh, almost a century and they have changed and they have evolved so these made-up imaginary facts have also changed and evolved over time i want to know in another hundred years from now which ones do you want to see sticking around? What's important to you? So, first of all, how dare you argue these imaginary facts that we just made up? Hey, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so for me, my first thing is has to be secret identities. Mm. They need to stay, and I feel like you know, especially when they they get away from it sometimes, but. It makes so much sense that if you have a superpower or if you do all this stuff, a secret identity makes so much sense. Right. And, you know, Marvel kind of plays fast and loose with secret identities, but I think they, they got to stick around. They got to stay. And I hate it when, you know, every once in a while, I get a couple of years, something will happen and some big hero will be like, oh, I'm going to do a reveal and everyone's going to know who I am. 
They always end up reverting back to how it was before. So, hmm. Well, you know, Lawrence brought that up a few podcasts ago when he was talking about the Superman comic where Superman came out to the, the masses and said, hey, I'm Clark Kent. And I mean, what, uh, what, how outrageous. I mean, sometimes no knock at the writer of that. He's written other stuff I like, but that kind of choice is so ridiculous because I think of comic lines where, you know, the whole point of having a secret identity wasn't even for the selfish reason of I want to have some kind of life. It was if my if that reality is known, then I put everyone who have ever come in contact with my in my life in jeopardy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I remember when the first Iron Man movie came out and at the end of that, Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr. says, I'm Iron Man. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? It was so like, I was like, oh, I guess we're just doing that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting secret identities. So I'm going to take something from not imaginary, but real life. A guy won the lotto. In certain states, if you win the lotto, you need to reveal yourself or you have to be there physically to sign for the check in a public press conference. Yeah. This guy won... I don't know how many millions of dollars it was. He went in with gloves and the mask from Scream on TV because he didn't want anyone to know that he won that money. So you're telling me just money caused him to have essentially a secret identity. Right. If you have powers, you're taking down deadly bad guys. It makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 I'll go with that. Um, well, even, I mean, the whole point of uh, Civil War was largely this registration act where they were trying to government enforce no more secret identities and what a what a compelling comic storyline which uh, let's not talk about how they use the title in the movie but that whole point of secret identities what i mean yeah i I co-sign on that that's that is a made-up imaginary fact that i think is worth observing uh i'll tell you one i like with uh batman go ahead I like him not having, not using guns, you know? And we've seen different versions of Batmans where he has used guns over, you know, since the 1930s. But made up imaginary fact, I like it when it's his code not to touch a gun specifically. I agree. I think it gives, it forces him to be, first of all, forces him to have more gadgets because he just can't have guns and it brings more depth. So, it, for me, it has nothing to do with the fact that he doesn't like guns. It just forces Batman to be more creative in the solutions that he uses. And it shows more gadgets and more gear. And gear and gadgets are awesome. So I co-sign no guns for Batman. I mean, I'm a little bit out of my depth on this one. Um, plot armor, right? Everyone has it, even in anime. <laughs> actually, that's a, no, no. That's actually, Wait, no, no, that's actually a pretty good point, though, Rich. Because, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask, the Superman doesn't, Superman still doesn't kill people, right? Well, so that's another one of mine made up imaginary facts. If you want to be an asshole, and you would be an asshole, this is coming from me, go ahead, quote me on this, and you mm. want to say, Superman kills, and you're like, yeah, okay. There have been instances in the comics since 1938 where Superman was first introduced and then all this stuff happened in the 50s and 40s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and 2000s and 2020s. And there's such a plethora of content, Elseworld stuff, and they've been one-off stuff. And yes, Superman has killed in the comics. But made-up imaginary fact that I think is worth hanging my hat on, Superman doesn't kill. It's his code. And when you cross that threshold... 
you're, it's, it's almost defamation of the character. And yet there are assholes out there that want to say, ah, but he's killing the comic and ah, Batman's used guns in the comic. And you're like, yeah, but what's the broad stroke thing where when you right. cross that threshold, you start losing the character. Superman doesn't kill. Can I, can I push back on something like that? So we're talking about Superman not killing and how you're an asshole if he's kind of, kind of take it out of it. But Elseworld stories is something that I want to keep. Because I, I agree. I like it when you take these imaginary facts Yes. And change something so critical about a character's about uh, you know critical about the character, but it's just in a self-contained story. So then you feel okay with accepting the fact that Superman lands in Russia, or a story like The Nail, where Clark and Martha run over a nail, and because they get a flat tire, they never pick up Superman, and Superman goes somewhere else. So taking stories like that and having this self-contained one-off thing, the whole What If series. I like stuff like that, and I and I would like that to stay because it's good seeing your the characters you love envisioned in a different scenario and a different with different influences, but not affecting the core character himself. I hundred percent agree with that. Um, it would be we would be remiss to lose things like our one shots and our what if series. Yeah. But the my issue is when those kind of obscure storylines start becoming the mainstream. And the mainstream narrative for me is when that thing gets turned into a film. Dr. Yes, you get to pull from whatever source material you want to. But in most cases, what we're seeing isn't a what if uh, with the exception of obviously the what if uh, cartoon, we're not seeing what if stories brought to life. We're just seeing what they're saying is the story, right? And so I think there's a different kind of uh, responsibility that has to be towed when you're presenting that as, and I'm kind of talking about Superman because that's the one that uh, you know I'm most kind of like uh, vehement about. But right. we see it happen all all throughout the thing. You know, we we saw it happen with. Uh, Constantine, when Keanu Reeves played the part, and the the Keanu, uh, the uh, the Constantine diehards are like, he's he's American, what? And he's got black hair. Who is this guy? It's not John Constantine. Let me ask, <laughs> you, know let me I mean? ask you this: How much of the facts can you bend with still preserving the the imaginary facts that are established? Right. Well, we're talking about the integrity of the character, right? Right, that's true. Because look at um, in the Sandman series, John Constantine is Joanna Constantine. They they completely just turned the character into a, a female version of it. But yeah. I'd say the the content of the character, the heartbeat of that character, wasn't actually lost. It was adapted well for what they needed to do given the circumstances. And why not have a female Constantine? Um, and in fact, I would say that female version of Constantine might have actually been more faithful to the character than the Keanu Reeves version of the Constantine. That's true. So, hmm. Although yeah. most people probably had an easier time seeing a guy with dark hair than they did seeing a lady with boobs. I mean, I prefer most of my ladies with boobs, to be fair, though. So. I mean, yeah, but no judgment. It's a real... <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, so Superman should not like just keeping that kill. I, I say, if Superman has to kill, he goes out of his way to try not to, 
and does mm-hmm. everything he can before it gets to that point. And usually it's like, you know, he had no choice but to, or like it just, the, the, the fight went so bad and so left, you know, he ended up killing the guy. Well, go back and check out the, uh, his fight with Doomsday is such a great example of this. He's essentially fighting a mindless monster that is right. destroying everything in his path and not just destroying, decimating and murdering everything in his path. And the the few frames, few panels right before Superman kills Doomsday and Doomsday subsequently kills Superman, he pulls off to Lois for a moment. He's got that on aside and he says, "It go." I'm paraphrasing entirely, but he basically speaks to the nature of how it goes against everything he stands for, but he has to put him down and he has to do it now. Yeah. And so you go, whoa, man. Of, of, of course, this is a monster without without the concept of uh, right and wrong or morality. It's just destroying everything, and he still sees it as a sentient being that so, shouldn't just be snuffed out. So where does where, where does the line get drawn to the killing? Because we see that with Batman too. Batman will kill power demons and stuff like that, and it doesn't really feel like killing. You know, I guess where well, where well, where. They they give you guppies and foot soldiers all the time, you know. Right, yeah. right, right. But you know, even though because I I remember I you know, I remember reading the you know I remember reading the death of Superman, and I don't think him killing Doomsday, even without that acknowledgement, like I have to put him down. I don't because Doomsday was always billed as 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 a mindless killing machine. Right. So yeah. why? I don't think it'll but, go against his code for him to. But but, but that's why it mattered so much more in right. understanding. Uh, not just trying to f- focus on Superman, but in understanding that element of Superman, that even a mindless thing, it cost him something to kill. Yeah. And you take someone like Zod, and you go, "Well, this isn't a mindless thing. This is one of the last surviving Kryptonians who has a soul and a conscience, and he's speaking a language I understand." And he's got his own moral compass that maybe I don't agree with, but to kill him has to cost me, has to cost me something. And we know that should be true because it cost him something to, to come to terms with the fact that he had to kill Boomstay, which was a mindless thing. Right. So I'm not saying, what I'm not saying is that our superheroes should never kill. I think that's maybe unrealistic, but what I am saying is that it should never be a cheap choice. And that, for me, and you've heard me talk about that before. For me, that's a hard, a hard. <laughs> that's a made-up imaginary fact that I think is worth preserving. And plot armor, because you know, if we didn't have plot armor, Superman would never came back to life, right? Am I, am I right? Am I right? Well, I mean, they found a pretty good way of of bringing him back. They essentially just said, "Well, he's a solar battery, and he needed to charge back." Charging back up. Plot armor has done a lot for a lot of characters over the time. But a lot of characters, you know what? Uh, in every genre. No, but the the plot armor prep time, all that stuff. It's it's necessary to put your characters in these crazy scenarios, but give them an out to come mm-hmm. back. So, mm-hmm. I I I think that's a good point, Rich. I think it's good because you you gotta have that because sometimes. You want something that you know they always whenever sales get low, they always bill a crazy event that's going to shake up the universe. So without that plot armor, you can't have those crazy events because then, you know, some of your most profitable IPs 
are going to be over. And, you know, so you got to have that. So, and I appreciate that too, because then you can see it and breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, Bruce Wayne's going to come back as Batman. It's not going to be this guy. Or I know Superman's not going to be dead forever. He's going to come back. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we need that plot arm. I I agree. We need that because it just gives us that wink, wink. Okay, I I feel I can accept this story because I know in the future I'm going to get what I'm used to. But now let me let me ask you let me ask you too. When Superman died, did you think he was coming back? Oh yeah, and we were out just a kid. Yeah. Well, I didn't. No, nah, man. I mean, I'll say this though: when Superman died, mm-hmm. a whole year went by or more in comic books before we ever got him back. It's, it wasn't like Jon Snow, where Jon Snow died and literally comes back the next episode. Albeit, yeah. yes, there was a season break, but it's literally the next episode. Talk about not earning a death. Or him coming back. <laughs> Superman, when Superman died, it made national news. It did. Yeah. And then before we ever got Superman back, there was a whole slew of comics about the absence of Superman. And then there was a whole slew of comics about these four Superman that had popped up using his namesake but weren't Superman. And then after that, after a year had gone by, they brought back Superman in a black suit who had no superpowers. Yeah. And, and he was using a gun, blaster guns. And he's like, yeah. listen, I got no powers, but we got work to do and I'm back. Let's go. He had like and a like, jetpack or something like that? Jetpack. Yeah. I was like, I, I got, I got like the hair. I like, I was like so emotional reading that because I was like, it highlighted so well what Superman was for me. And it, and it transcended the costume and it transcended the powers. It was like, this is a guy who regardless was going to try to do the right thing and protect people. And I was like, wow, man, I was a Superman fan before, but now I'm like, these guys understand him. Jack, do you, remember, do you remember when that happened? I remember arguing with Lauren specifically, like who the four Superman could be the real Superman. Because at one point, yes. they, were having that, they were trying to lead you to believe that yes. when these four guys are like Superman... We all knew it wasn't John Henry Irons because. Well, <laughs> well, but Yo, Superman's but... death was so iconic. It, like my father, he got he got me into somewhat collecting comics. He would take us to the to the comic book shops and whatnot. Back but it, yeah, yep. But he it was so iconic that when when Superman died, my dad got the comic, like the done a big thick jammy. And I would read it like, but carefully, you know, not trying to bend it. And then even even when he came back, I, I had that comic somewhere in one of these boxes, where he came back in that robot. That robot was just like mysteriously walking at the bottom of the uh, yep. of the ocean. Like I drew a mm-hmm. picture of that too. I was like laying down on the ground, drawing a picture on his big sketchbook. But yeah, I remember when he came back, and he just like the way he came back was was hilarious to me because he kind of just came out of the cod piece. Of the robot and just spilled yep. out in like liquid. Yeah. It was for me. I thought it was hilarious. Clearly, y'all didn't think it was because y'all. No one's laughing but me. You you're breaking up. Could you say so, that again? It was funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. The the death of Superman, as far as comics were concerned, was probably as iconic and game changing as was when Superman first hit the scenes in the 1930. Because what happened. Well, what happened after Superman hit the th- debut in 1938, Batman showed up on the scene a year later. And we know via um, documentation that Superman had been in the works for like 
six to eight years before he finally was in magazine, uh, was in a newspaper form, and then in the comics later. Batman was fast-tracked that year after the success of Superman. And then there was a whole slew of comic book characters that were fast-tracked because, yo, man, this is catching. After the death of Superman, we had Batman had his back broken. Then we had um, uh, Green Lantern went insane and turned into Parallax. We had all this whole whole all these storylines that started capitalizing on the success that was the death of superman flipping this content you know yeah yeah i you know i think that's why the death of superman i know you know we're we're kind of getting off but the death of superman derailed derailed but it but it but it's good no but it, it, it makes a lot of sense so death of superman was really kind of the first of its kind of that scale so yeah. Now you see it, you know, they do it all the time now, but at the time it was a first, you know, you're seeing something that you thought would never ever happen. I mean, if you had told anyone in the 90s that Superman, like the biggest superhero ever, was gonna die, you'd be like, No way, no freaking yeah. way. It's Superman, it's not that gonna let Superman die. And they did seemingly for a little bit of time, and it was and, crazy. And they did, yeah. Well, and like I said, what works so well about it is they committed to it, right. They yeah. committed to him being gone, and you felt him gone. And that's a really interesting time for comic books when, man, I was buying Superman comic books that had no Superman in it. Right. And I was like, what is going on, man? Let me pull this those. Is I have crazy. it right here on the shelf. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to pull it off the shelf. Yeah, that's nice. That, uh, that comic is probably in like really horrible condition. I was not as kind to my comics as you were, Jack. No, not- but you know, the, the Superman comic books haven't really appreciated well over time because they were it because it was such a large event and mm. they were so mass produced um the 90s the late 80s and 90s was kind of the season of greed for collectors so there's just so many of them that were made i mean that's why those 90s comics aren't worth that much because they everything was a special edition and everyone was trying to every you know everybody was yeah collecting them so unless I mean, some of the Spider-Mans, some of the, some of, there are a handful of comics that are, you know, a couple thousand dollars or so, but largely most of the stuff in the 90s aren't ridiculously uh, valuable. I yeah, I gotta, go through, I gotta throw, go through mine. I have it in trade. I know, I can't, I just can't find it fast enough. What I did pull was, off the shelf, was Nightfall, that was right. another, it was pretty much the Batman equivalent, where Batman has his back broken, but, uh. I want to show the panel that you were speaking about before, Jack, because I thought that was a really good point. But you know, now right when we end the podcast, well, I'll find it like that. But now, I now that now that we're talking about it, I can't find it anywhere. Well, I'm looking at it right there on my shelf specifically, but I'm not going to go get it. Anyway. But it's it's right there. I actually I should send you a picture of my shelf. They're all categorized with like dividers and stuff. And that I one's the uh, Death of Superman run. I'm just lucky that I have all my books on on, on, on a shelf <laughs> as opposed to organizing them. But, yeah. Well, in closing, hardcore made up imaginary facts. They matter? Yeah. Absolutely, they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it gives us the rules that the world has to play by. You know, we're in, a, we're in an imaginary world, and we need to know what can fly in that world and what can't fly in that world. And Without that, it kind of it grounds the stories, right? Because without it, then anything can happen anytime. And even though it can still, because it's just imaginary. But which isn't to say <laughs> evolution doesn't matter. Because right. again, like I said, some of those early day Batman comic books, 
he's certainly not the Batman we know and love today, so specifically. And so we don't want to not leave room for growth, and we don't want to not leave room for exploration. But when you start messing with the moral code of these characters, that's maybe, for me, when you've crossed the line. Mm -hmm. Now, leave my made-up imaginary facts alone. Right. When you lose the essence of what the character is, I don't care if you mess with sometimes gender, sometimes race, but when you actually change the core of who this character is, then all of a sudden you don't have that character anymore. You have something totally different, and don't try and sell me this character as something else when it's not. Right. (laughs) Well, that's what we got for hardcore, made-up, imaginary facts. Chris? You want to close us off with some recommendations? Of course I do. So last week, I assume if you're listening to the podcast, you're a hardcore listener that listens to every single episode. Right, all 15 of you. Of course, all 15 of you. <laughs> but um, so we talked about Velma last week, and my recommendations list was cartoon reboots that weren't that great. I look back, or and I picked a lot of – I look back, and I kind of – beat up on 90s cartoons and i look back too and i rewatched season three of velma and realized we didn't beat that up enough episode three you of mean velma, episode three yeah mm. episode three realized we didn't beat that up enough because that show is trash Man. but what i did bash on is some of those 90s eras cartoons and not everything extreme was bad there was some good 90s extreme <sighs> stuff some go. good 90s stuff. So I'm going to give you some, a couple 90s cartoons that was still in the in-your-face extreme, but was actually pretty good. Now, okay. one of them, I think I mentioned on a list before. I forgot what it was, but SWAT Cats. SWAT Cats is dope. You watch, yep. you go back and rewatch SWAT Cats, it's still a good time. But so, would SWAT Cats Extreme be good? Yes, very, very much so. Very like guitar riff in your face. So when I say extreme, I don't necessarily need it to be billed as extreme, where a lot of stuff was either billed as like, it was actually billed extreme, but it doesn't need to be billed extreme, but it does have the extreme vibe about it. So SWAT Cats has that very in your face extreme vibe, but it's a good time. It's a good time. All right. Number two. Biker Mice from Mars. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Very nineties. Very extreme. But it was a it was it was a good show and it was a good time. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Number three, Exo Squad. Okay. Which is you guys remember the toys too? I had the toys, which were which were awesome. They were in suits, they fought. I mean, anytime you get into like a mechanical suit or do something in the suit where you control, it's pretty good. <laughs> Number four, Beast Wars. Now, yeah. now we're now we're getting this as mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a live action, but the Beast Wars, the Beast Wars cartoon was 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 a real like a real reimagining of Transformers. Yeah, and uh, but it was actually really, really, really good. And then number five, it's a deep cut, but I think Jack might remember it, is Wildcats. Of course, so, yeah. So where we had a lot of we had the success of the 1990s X Men series, Jim Lee's Wildcats had its own short lived series, which was, was like really short lived though. One, yeah, it? I don't know if they even fi- finished airing the first season, but it was very very 90s. You know, it had that 90s Jim Lee style, super over muscular. Everyone has pouches on every limb, which I still think is cool to this day. I mean, that's kind of some of my favorite era like superhero drawings that superhero style is. 
overly muscular and pouches for days <laughs> with all his gear. So you didn't like street right. sharks? That was pretty extreme. Street sharks. Street sharks. It was Jawson. Oh, there ah, it is. All right. Ah. <laughs> I actually did have it on my. I don't know if you can see it. I did have street sharks on my list right here. It was like hieroglyphs. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I'm like, what is that? Chris is oh, a fucking yeah. alien. I'm like, Chris is an alien. What kind of language is that? <laughs> it does. It looks like the uh, the predator language on his arm. <laughs> yeah, maybe because it's. Oh, I do have that. You know what it is too? This is a graphic pad I got at a trade show. He showed it. A, he showed it to us again, and it looked weird. It did. Third time, it's the same. He just keeps showing it to us, ladies and gentlemen. It has not changed. Well, I feel like you're just outing yourself right now. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's like hieroglyphs you can't read. (laughs) Some people can, but you'd have to punch that into a code breaker. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've enjoyed. If you haven't, too bad. If you have, that's great. If you want to see it in the flesh, check us out on YouTube. We're doing unboxing. Rich is playing video games. Chris is raiding stores with his underage child. And Lawrence keeps showing us his Batman collection. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's, 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 that's a good point. Anyway, we're on YouTube, Instagram, and I think TikTok, and all those other uh, platforms. Dropping content all day, every day. So come by and say hi. Join the conversation. We'd love for you to get involved. (laughs) On that note, peace out. Later. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Lawrence, you better come back next week. X-Men or Transformer, Rich. (laughs) It's funny, bro. (laughs) You have to be an X-Men. Oh, man.